of the shadow of death. I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left. Cause I've been blasting and laughing so long that even my mama thinks that my mind is gone. But I ain't never crossed a man that didn't deserve it. Me be treated like a punk, you know that's unheard. Welcome back to No BS DFS. I'm your host, Nick, here with my co-host, Joe. And today we're going to be covering the first ever American Express Classic. And it is in California. So, Joe, give us a little recap of your week. You know, what did you get right? What did you get wrong? Uh, did you hit any bets? I'm, I'm pretty aware that you hit a nice first round leader bet. So tell us about that and... Your DFS, did you win money? Did you lose money? And then give us the weather and just any key stats you. All right, yeah, you're correct. I hit um, my first off on Colin Morikawa, first round leader bet, cashed in about, I don't know, I think it was 360 total, about 320 profit or something like that. So that was a good start to the week. Uh, Cashed in on that bet. And then as far as DraftKings, yeah, it was a pretty solid week, at least at first for me, having, you know, 7 of 20 lineups uh, have 6 of 6 make the cut. So I gave myself the opportunities, for sure, to uh, go for the 100K prize, grand prize, and the big $5 GPP. But as the week turned out, um, you know... I got to say Cameron Smith got it done, the Aussie, which I didn't have any ownership of him. So, you know, that was unfortunate there. Um, but I got to say, you know, I'm happy to, that I uh, gave myself as opportunities at seven or 20 lineups, make, having six or six to make the cut. Um, and some good fate, Patrick Reed. He was my fate at the top. Sure enough, he missed the cut. So that was a good pick. And Aaron Wise as well. He missed the cut. Um, and he was a fade for me. And as far as, you know, I didn't have any ownership of Brendan Steele. Um, but, you know, his putter wasn't on the final round. just couldn't get going. So he just ended up falling just short to Cameron Smith in the playoffs. So as far as that, uh, you know, yeah, just as far as how much I won, I basically, I actually went negative on DraftKings. Uh, got like $54 back, spent 100 So, you know, not great at all by any means. But I hit the first round leader bet, so I'm happy about that. So still a profitable week overall. Um, I just didn't have any of the leaders when it came down to it on the end of Sunday. Um, you know, all my guys that I liked that were cheaper that made the cut, they just, you know, they made the cut obviously, but they just didn't do much after that. And ended up being at the bottom of the leaderboard as far as who made the cut. So, you know, these GPPs are tough to win. So, you know, ready to get back at it this week. Looking forward to this tournament as well. Um, But, yeah, solid week overall. Just, you know, main thing is I gave myself the opportunity. I just want to keep doing that. Um, As far as the weather this week, uh, we're looking at uh, Kianta Country Club, three different courses this week actually you got the nicholas tourney course the stadium course and then the country club there so you know there will be a cut after 54 holes bermuda grass for all the courses this week um as far as the weather no chance of rain um at all any of the four days um as far as what i saw average temperatures around 60 degrees the winds are very mild, uh, only five mile an hour per winds. Uh, so great scoring conditions for the players this week. All three courses, par 72, they're all right around 7,100 yards. So yeah, um, and then so definitely there'll be a lot of scoring this week. So you're you know the guys are gonna have to come. Uh, we got four par fives on every course, so you're gonna need. 
you know, that's why actually to get into key stats, I love uh, par five scoring this week for sure. That's my favorite stat. Um, And good form because there is a lot of players this week that are coming in that haven't participated in this tournament before, which is interesting. Um, So honestly, as far as course history, yeah, I looked at it, but it's not as important as some other tournaments this week for sure. Um, so I'm going out more out on a limb this week. I'm going to have a, I like a lot of guys that don't even have really any history. So you know, that'll be later. But uh, the other stats I like, uh, the, pi, the par fives are between 500 and 550 yards. So I like par five efficiency in those ranges if you want to dig deeper. Same with par fours. They're all about 400, 450 yards. And then the par threes, something different though, is the par threes are quite, most of them are quite long, over 200 yards. So that's, you know, it's pretty long for par threes. So I looked at those guys that are efficient in that range. Um, but yeah, the main things I like is par five scoring. I like bombers because since this is a pro-am event, you got um, the roughs I heard are just, they're less penal. So you know, I think the Bombers are going to take advantage of that and just let it rip. And, you know, if you end, the, end up in the rough, it's not going to be as bad. So you can easily get out of it. Um, so, yeah, good form's the main thing. You know, I think it's important since the scoring's going to be crazy probably. You know, you can't, come, you can't come in being rusty and expect to stay up on the top of the leaderboard. So uh, as far as that, um, you know, and I like stroke grains off the tee as well just to – uh, go ahead with bombers. So that's all I got for that stuff. Uh, what are you, how about you, Nick? What are you, uh, what's your stats you like, um, this week? Well, first I'll just give a little recap how I did. Um, I didn't make any bets, so no first round leader for me, but congratulations on that. It seems nice. 300 some bucks. Um, as far as DraftKings, I had three of 20 lineups, go six for six and according to uh some graph i looked at the field was about seven percent in the main event so i went 15 percent, a little bit better than the field joe you went seven for 20 so 35 percent. you did five times better than the field that's something to be proud of and i guess it just didn't really go our way i got back 64 bucks so nothing special but nothing too bad either um yeah, basically, I agreed with everything what you said. Super easy conditions. It's going to be a birdie fest. You got to like the bombers. Um, I'm going to be basing it kind of the same thing off you did, is just based on, like, anecdote, where the course history, I just, I don't think it's all that important. It's just, you got to know who can, who can light it up. Because there's some guys that, they just don't win tournaments at 20-some under par. And the last three times, I didn't even check before that, but it's been like minus 26, minus 22, and minus 20. So it's super easy. You're going to have to go at least five under every day. And obviously, we all know guys that can find their way to the top of those shootouts, those barn burners, but some guys can't. So I kind of like the guys who occasionally can go low. It's important to be a little bit more risky this week because you can afford to since... Like you said, the cuts after 54 holes instead of the traditional 36. And then, yeah, I, I didn't really realize it was a pro-am. So, yeah, that makes sense that the roughs are going to be chopped down a lot. So you're going to have the green light most of the time. Uh, things I was right and wrong about was I was right about a lot of the cheaper guys. I liked Hudson Swafford, and although he choked on the weekend, poor guy. <laughs> Um, he played well the first two days and then Russell Knox, he did all right. Lanto Griffin, Lanto Griffin, he had like a T6. And then I, I mentioned Cam Smith. I'm not going to take a whole lot of credit for him because I maybe only gave him two seconds of airtime, but I did mention him. And then I was wrong about Patrick Reed, Kucher, Chaz, and I never thought of Brendan Steele, but only like half a percent took him. So that was just, you know, shows that. Even all the stats can sometimes not leave answer. But yeah, anyways, one stat that I really liked was, or I guess it's a fact, is that 10 of the last 11 winners here have played an event in Hawaii. So 
somebody who's played in the last two weeks, there's over a 90% chance that they're going to win. So I looked at who's played, and we'll get into that later. But, yeah, other than that, um, I looked at birdie or better percentage, par 5 birdie or better percentage, strokes gained tee to green because it's probably going to be a lot of lag par 5s, you know, 30-plus feet. So as long as you can get it within a couple feet, you're good. So mostly just important to get it on that green and two because I know at least at one of these courses it's got a like a 15 or 16 foot deep bunker. So good luck getting out of that. But yeah, I guess that <laughs> that does it for us. So let's get into DraftKings. Start us off with the 10K plus range. Joe, who do you like? All right. Before I start with the 10K, I actually do want to mention too as far as uh, – Webb, you know, my favorite guy at the top was Webb, and, you know, very solid finish for him. So he's not participating this week, even though his history here is a decent. But anyway, and then I also want to mention Adam Hadwin. He would have been the chalkiest guy this week, last three years, T, T2, T2, and T3, but he's not participating either. So that'll – but anyway, yeah, let's that's move crazy. on. Yeah, so moving on here, as far as this week, for who I like for DraftKings, we start 10K and above range. Um, you know, for me, first off, Sanjay M, going back to him once again. T12 last year um, here. Checks all the boxes I mentioned already. Um, ball striking's p- perfect right now out of him. Uh, you know, strokes gain off the tees right up there as far as the PGA Tour on that. And, uh, yeah, I just think Sung J.M., he's expensive, but the guy's just been playing excellent golf the last, you know, since he's uh, debuted in the PGA Tour. Um, so I just really like him again, you know. He definitely, you know, he's came close a lot of times, played really well to uh, – you know, get a W at a tournament, but he just hasn't quite done it. So, you know, I like him, though, um, for sure, this week. Uh, another guy I like at the top here, you know, he hasn't participated here. At least I don't think so in the last few years. Uh, and he honestly hasn't played golf in a while either since the fall. But I like Tony Finau a lot, which... This might be the lowest time you get him as far as ownership because he hasn't played in a while, doesn't have a whole lot of history, you know. But for me, he checks all the boxes again. I mean, the guy's a bomber. He can just rip it, and he can score really, really low if he's playing well. So I like Fino quite a bit, especially, you know, normally he's one of the high – always, you know, everyone likes to play him. But this week I think he might be lower owned. Um, so, yeah. I like him, and then... And what what price is he? Tony Fino is... $10,500, and Sung JM is 11000 So, I like them two a lot at the top. Um, I know a lot of, cause I do think Paul Casey might be the highest owned up here potentially because everyone always likes to play him. But then other than that, uh, Charles Howell, he's part of my cash locks. I like him. He just loves playing out West. I mean, the last three years, T34, T20, and T12. Um, yeah. And the, he's 10,100 bottoming, bottoming out the range here, but I really like Charles Howell as well. And then, you know, my obviously all these guys are studs. So, like I said last week, you know, it's hard to fade any of them. But if I had to fade a guy, it's going to be Byung-Hoon An. I just don't – he hasn't played in a while. You know, he checks some boxes for sure, and he can score low. But, you know, he's a little – this is kind of a hefty price for him, even though, you know, he's played well. But he just hasn't played in a while, so – He's my fade if I'm going to fade anyone. I, I don't expect him to, to make any of my lineups. But the rest of these guys probably will, even though I didn't mention Fowler. But, you know, he's also the most expensive at 11.5. So, but yeah, that's who I like at the top. Who are you liking this week? 10K and above range, Nick. 
I think you're dead on with Sung JM. Um, he's played the last week, I know, and he did quite well. Not sure if he got into the century, but I know he played last week and he played real solid. So how can you not like him? Um, Tony Finau again. I think he did play last week, but it was in some other country like China or India. I don't know, but but I know he's been swinging the club. So I, I'm going to give Tony a break on that and I'm going to put him in some lineups for sure. Paul Casey, yeah, he, he's going to be the chalk. Ricky Fowler is going to be the chalk, but I don't want to avoid those guys because, shit, they could win. They both played two weeks ago in the Tournament of Champions, and with that stat, 10 of the 11 last winners have played in Hawaii. You know, I don't want to be giving up that big of a chance that that they could win, and I don't have them. And then, yeah, basically, Ben on. Uh, I don't think he's quite this good i don't like the 10-3 price tag that scares me off a little bit and yeah like you like you said he can go low sometimes he can shoot eight under and around but uh, it's just too much for me so you know if he makes a lineup it'll be limited to just one probably and then charles Howell, yeah i just he just doesn't really seem like a winner so i don't want to pay this much for him i probably won't be playing much charles Howell, but I guess that does it for the for the top guys. Let's go to the nine Ks. Joe, start us off. All right. Um, yeah, I know how I keep saying I love bombers this week, but anyone can win here. Don't forget that. Um, you know, for sure. Um, but as far as the nine K range, you know, my favorite plays, kind of going along with what I've been saying. Um, I like Cameron Champ quite a bit, just because I don't know. I mean. His ownership shouldn't be too high as far as this range is concerned at 9,300. The guy can just rip it, and I just really think, you know, he has the green light. And the courses that play really tough, where, you know, the roughs are very long and stuff and a lot of bunkers, you know, of course, that's where he's struggled in the past. But he's, you know, he's a young player starting to get his game rolling and uh, good form. So I just really like him, actually, this week quite a bit. Um... I also really like Scotty Scheffler at 9,500. Um, you know, you just can't ignore how well this guy's been playing uh, lately. And same thing where he's just checking the boxes for me and par five efficiency scoring, great form, you know, and just, you just can't ignore in his play lately for, so I just, even though this is, you know, and I just think he'll be probably maybe the lowest owned in this range potentially just because his name, he's not as well known of a name. You know, as far as one other play I really like too, even though it's been a while since he played, but you just can't ignore the guy's history and just ability to make the cut, you know, week in, week out is Jason Kokrak. Um, you know, this guy last two years or last two or three years, T18 and T8. So, you know, I just, same thing is I just really like him this week, um, quite a bit. If I had to pick guys in this range and then my fade, uh, it's probably going to be Francisco Molinari because, this type of tournament doesn't really set up as well for him. Um, you know, he has more of a stinger. He's not the, he doesn't hit it, you know, he's not the longest guy off the tee by any means. And uh, he hasn't played golf, you know, in quite a while. And even when he did play, his form wasn't really quite there. Ever since he, you know, choked in the major the other year, he just hasn't played well lately as well as he can. And, you know, just like I said, I think he, he does a lot better at the tougher courses where the conditions, um, you know, are tough. Like last week, you know, he could have played better there for sure. Um, but like this week, when I think Bombers have such a potential advantage, I just think it's not, you know, it's not setting up well for him. So he's my fade in this range. And then other than that, Matt Wolf's all right. Uh... Yeah, at the top, I didn't mention him. Kisner and Horschel, 
they're just kind of, you know, iffy plays. I Kisner's been playing really great golf lately, but I just I don't I don't think he'll make any of my teams. But anyway, moving. Who do you like in the nine K range, Nick? Um. Yeah, I mean, how can you not like Cameron Champ? It's a bomber's course. He's gonna bomb it. So I like him. I like Matt Wolf. He's a young buck, and I feel like you know this is a good tournament to get his his feet wet again. So I feel like I know he played at Century a couple weeks ago, but you know those are with some world class players. So I think he'll be able to take advantage of this field with a little bit of a weaker weaker golfers in it, and then. I kind of like Billy Ho. Uh, he's kind of sneaky long off the tee. He doesn't look like the biggest guy out there, but he can crank him 300-plus yards. So I think I'm going to be playing some Billy. And, yeah, Scotty Scheffler, like, I'm going to be honest. I really haven't even heard of this guy. Like, I've heard of the name because I'm a golf enthusiast, but if they showed the guy on TV, I'd be the guy sitting in my chair saying, who the hell's this? And then it would say Scheffler. Oh, yeah, that's who that is. Okay. So, yeah, I'm going to be playing some Scotty Scheffler. So, just to get a little exposure to him. I don't know too much about him. Is this tournament going to be too big for him? I don't know. But, shit, I'm willing to put him in a few lineups. And then my fade. Man. Uh, this is tough. I kind of like all these players. But... I don't think Kevin Kisner gets it done this week. He's a grinder. And same with Francisco, but I just feel like Francisco's kind of a world-class player and Kisner is maybe just a tiny bit below. So I don't think Kisner has a good week. I don't think he makes the cut. That's my bold prediction of this. So, yep, that does it for the 9Ks. Moving on to the 8K range, Joe. All right. Yeah, this is a rarity, but I do not like this range a whole lot. It took me a while to really find my favorite plays. Um, But anyway, getting into it. So, yeah, basically, for me, my lineups are probably going to be potentially studs and duds. uh, Because last week I had actually more balanced lineups. But this week I think there's some uh, low-owned guys that uh, I like that I'll get into later. Uh, I mean, lower price guys. So, but anyway, as far as the 8K range here, can't ignore Russell Knox. I didn't play him at all last last week, which is definitely a mistake. Uh, but in the last last uh, two years at this tournament, T18, T29, he's only 8100. So he bought he's towards the bottom of the range, and you know, same thing where the guy's in great form and. You know, like you said, the stat earlier, he's played, you know, in the last few West Coast swings here. So, you know, and obviously 10 out of whatever, 11 winners have won, or uh, that have won here have played recently. So I just, I think he could get it done potentially, you know, if he gets his putter going, that's always been his biggest thing where his flat stick can let him down. But yeah, I like Knox for sure. He's my cash play in this range just because I think he'll be decently popular as well. And then I don't have a whole lot of other guys I like, but to mention a few here, I'm going back to Alex Noren just because I really do think, you know, the guy continues to play pretty well. And, you know, this course, I think this tournament sets up well for him. He doesn't have really any history, but I just – I think he'll just be really low owned again because sure enough, last week, you know, he was like sub 6% or something like that. So people just don't like to play the guy. And I don't really know why he's been, you'd think he'd be popular because how well he's been playing. But, and he just checks the boxes in par five scoring, one of the top on the tour right now, lately, and birdie or better percentage. So going back to him and then I like Lucas Glover a little bit even though the guy's not much of a bomber at all he's kind of a short knocker but the last two years here in this tournament T29 T41 he's at 8200 on DK I just same thing where you know good history he's been playing he's a cut maker even though this week it doesn't matter as much 
going to be more about the guys that you want guys that make a lot of birdies even if they make some bogeys you don't want the guys that are just parring every hole because you're not going to win nothing with that so you know especially when this week you know you'll have just a slight advantage having six of six make the cut not like a big advantage like you know your normal tournament so as far as that my other last play i wrote down here is brian Harmon. going back to him i didn't mention it at the top of the podcast but uh that was a pretty solid pick for me i'd say if you guys played him uh in the last two out of the last not last year he missed the cut last year but the two years prior to that t20 and t3 at this tournament so again the guy can he's a sneaky guy off the t2 the lefty he can he can rip it you know and i just think same thing where he checks a lot of the boxes i like and his form's been there for sure because he had you know last year when he missed the cut that was right when he uh he was kind of in a slump, but he's turned it around in a big way. So I like him quite a bit um, as well in this range. At, even though he's 8,600, it's just because same thing with Norn. I think he's going to be really long because I think everyone's going to go to Phil, you know, just because. And uh, maybe Abraham answer. But anyway, as far as my – I don't really have any fades in this range that, like – necessarily Ches Reavy though yeah he let us down last week in a big way that was kind of shocking but I'm probably not gonna have him at all I guess he might be my fade because same thing where he's not a bomber and last week after his bad performance he might have another one and miss the cut again so anyway that's all I got for the 8k range uh so Nick who are you liking in that range yeah first of all i just gotta say completely disappointed in you Chaz. um i later listened to the tour junkies podcast so shout out to them check them out if you haven't listened to them yet but they had a listener tell them that Chaz was testing out some new clubs last last week and if i would have known that ahead of time i would have let all the listeners know but yeah i guess the new clubs you know who knows, maybe he's gotten settled into him now, but maybe he hasn't. But I'm definitely not playing him this week, so no Chez for me. But yeah, guys that I like. So it was kind of a wait-and-see approach with this, guy, with this guy, but I waited and I saw it and I liked what I saw. So I'm going to be definitely playing some Brendan Todd. He had a rock-solid putter. He was pretty solid, tee to green, which that was one of my key stats. So I really like Brendan Todd at 8,800. I don't think he's ever really played in this tournament before. But, yeah, I think he's found a second wind in his career. He's logged a few wins in the books this year at see Maya Coba Classic in November and then the Bermuda Championship in October. So, yeah, liking Brendan Todd. Um... And again, like like I said, this week is kind of anecdotal. You kind of got to go with your gut feel again because, you know, the quality of golfers aren't really there and it's going to be a birdie fest. So I want guys that I consistently see going low when the tournament leader is, you know, 20 plus under par. And a guy that fits that criteria is a guy that you also said, Joe, is Alex Norman, the sweet. He can go really low, so... I'll be playing him. He's a bomber. You can smash him out there. And then another guy I like is Ryan Moore, 8,300. He's definitely a short knocker, but shit, I mean, this guy's putter can get hot sometimes. And I guess if he's rolling him in, that takes care of the rest. So as for fades, is I'm definitely, definitely not going to play. Not a single lineup is Phil the Thrill Mickelson. I don't think Phil gets it done here. I know last year he had like a T2 or he got maybe yeah. lost in a playoff or something. But, yeah, Phil Mickelson, um, I'm just – I'm not buying it yet. I I mean, his age is really getting up there. and I know people probably say that every year. But, yeah, I, I don't know if Phil's body is going to be ready to start the season. You know, he might have a little tightness, a little arthritis here and there. And with these old guys, you know, that can really slow him down. So, yeah, I don't like Phil this week. But 
guess that does it for the 8Ks. So, Joe, same thing, 7K range. All right. Yeah, I saw Phil on social media. The guy's been working out, so we'll see. But I still, uh, <laughs> you know, I still say I agree with you there. I think he's a fade just because, you know, everyone likes Phil, so they're going to play him. And T2 last year, I mean, you know. But anyway, moving on to the 7K range. You know, I like a lot of guys in this range. That's why I went, and I said the 8K I wasn't a huge fan of. I like a lot more in this range. So first off, uh, I'm going to Harold Varner. Um, you know, a T18 last year, and he's only 7000 too as well, which he's never too expensive. But, you know, the guy can bomb it off the tee. His form has been pretty solid towards the end of last year in the fall. He's playing really well. So, yeah, I mean, like, you know, like I said, last year, T18, so good form, you know, good history as far as, you know, uh, that's concerned and checks a lot of the boxes. I think he can get it, he can potentially get it done. Um, and, you know, he can do well in the par fives. And he, like I said, he has the green light more this week because in the courses, in the roughs, like I mentioned earlier, you know, that's where he struggles more. But these kind of type of tournaments is where, that's why I'm not shocked in his finish last year where, um, you know, he can play well. So I like him. Uh, you know, this guy, I'm not a, like, he's just an all right play. He might make a few of my lineups, but I had to write him down just because he checked every single box. Is Cameron Tringali, T51 uh, last year, I believe, and then but they missed the cut the year before that, so you know the inconsistency is my concern. But you know the guy's been in decent form. You know six of six made cuts. You know he's only 7100. He hasn't played since the fall or the you know fall in November as well. So, but he was playing well, you know, leading up to that. Uh, so, you know, I like him a little bit. Now, I like Scott Piercy as well. T6 in 2018. Uh, you know, last week I played him a little bit. He's at 7,400. You know, last week he made the cut, finished 45th. But he's in pretty good form. And the guy can sometimes score really low. And, you know, for sure, if his putter gets going... So I like him quite a bit as well. Uh, he'll make some of my teams. Uh, and then this guy's going to have to make some of my teams. You might laugh, but you know what? Danny Lee at 7,300. The guy can rip it off the tee, and he was in great form towards the end of the last year as well. And on top of that, you know... He checked every box, too, I'm looking at. so And I think he'll be really low-owned. And he can also put up a lot of red figures in just one round. He could easily be the first-round leader after, you know, day one. But I got to say this. If you're going to put any first-round leader bets down, you know, the toughest course is the one that they're going to be playing in round four as well, but uh, which is um, the stadium course. So if you're going to bet a first-round leader bet, make sure you're looking at the tee times and seeing, you know, who's maybe starting out early and also either at the Nicholas course or the La Quinta Country Club or whatever. So just as a note there. Um, and then as far as that, I might go back to Sabatini or Carlos Ortiz at 7,200 and... Denny McCarthy, 7,600. You know, I might have a little ownership of him. He's also been in great form because, honestly, form is the biggest thing, like I said, because this is going to be a birdie fest out here. So I just think good form's important because you got to keep up with the scoring. So, and Sabatini, you know, the guy's been playing, he's kind of rejuvenating his career now, too, lately. So I like him again. You know, he came through for me last week pretty well so and then just to get to some fades I don't want to mention everyone but 
Aaron Wise, easy fade again. Brendan Steele, easy fade to me. I think he's going to just, he might finish dead last. I just, or he might do well again. But I just think, you know, after that horrific defeat, after he had it in, in his grasp, you know, I just think, uh, you know, he could easily just not come to play this week. Bud Cauley, Ryan Armour, all these guys, you know. They're all fade, easy fades to me. I won't be playing any of them. I can mention more, but I'll save it for you. So, anyway, who are you liking the seven K range? Um, I'm liking. First up on the list is we got Andrew Putnam. He's a guy who can go low. Um, he made the cut last week, and although he choked on the weekend, I'm just looking at his scorecard, and he shot. One under, three under, and then he shot three over and two over. So, you know, he was right in the mix of it after Friday. So I'm liking Putnam because he showed some signs of of him being a contender. And the guy who I'm really liking, as you mentioned him, is Rory Sabatini. He's made the cut here all the last three years. However, just to proceed with caution on him is... I got to put a little asterisk next to his name because two times that he made the cut were T69 and T72, which in this day and age, 2020, that does not make the cut anymore. Remember, it's 65 in ties compared to 70 in ties. So, yeah, he is a little bit risky, but I'm still willing to put that aside and I'll pick him. And... You know, I kind of disagree with you on B. Steele, 7,500. I think I think he's going to take it on the chin and bounce back and have another good week. And after that, I think he does shitty, but I feel like he's got one good week left in him. And, um, yeah, if they're going to laugh at you for picking Danny Lee, then they're going to have to laugh at me also because sometimes that guy can go low, and I'm willing to put him on a few lineups. Definitely not going to get too much exposure to him just because he could get a DFL if you don't want that if you don't know what that means dead fucking last but yeah sometimes he could get DFF dead fucking first so I'll take a risk on him and kind of rounding out the bottom tier guys at 7,000 I like Brian Gay and I like Harold Varner like you said and Siwoo Kim, I mean, I'm just looking at him now. Sometimes Siwoo can go really low like he did at the Players' Championship a couple years back where he just was like a 100-to-1 shot and he won. And then here's a guy who the stats and he checks the boxes, Nick Taylor, 7,000. He's made the cut here all of the last three years. He's gotten 40th, 20th, and 34th, so pretty solid. He played last week, so he's got that win equity possibility. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, he has just over a 50% birdie or better on the par fives, which is good for about, you know, 70, 80th on tour. So he's slightly better than average, but when this field is composed of guys that are a lot worse than average, it's not bad. And then he also has just under 20 or better on just general. And then, yeah, so I'm liking Nick Taylor. If you want a cup maker, I feel like he does it. I'm not saying he's going to get in the top 10 or anything, but I feel like he makes the cut. And then for fades, um, I'm fading the defending champion, Adam Long, 7,200. He was kind of a chalk pick last week, and he probably let a lot of people down. And, yeah, you know, golf comes and goes, and he's probably just in one of those stretches where he just doesn't have his swing or his game together. So I'm just going to kind of stay off of him. And also, I'm going to fade Zach Johnson, 7,700, which I know he played well during the first part of the tournament, but he... He kind of ran out of gas if you watch the whole thing and feel like it's not going to carry over well into this week. So, yeah, I don't really like Zach, and I'm not going to be playing him. Then for the 6K range, let's hear what you got, Joe. All right, so 
First off, I'll mention Doc Redman at 6,800. Because I do want to say out of this range, I think four out of five guys, you know, roughly will miss the cut. So you got to pick that one out of every five. There's only going to be a few probably that actually make the cut, um, especially now with T65 rather than T70. You know, a few other guys, more guys are going to miss the cut. So I like him, you know. As far as this range is concerned, you know, a lot of these guys, their history, you know, most of them that I like or don't like, they're not, it's not great. Uh, you know, they if they do, they barely make the cut for the most part. I'll get into it more here, but um, yeah, it's more just coming down to form and who, you know, checks some of the boxes that I like, which Doc Redman does. Uh, I also like Bo Hogue. At 6,800, which Redmond's at 6,800 as well. Same thing. Good form lately. Finished ninth at the Sony Open. So, you know, this guy's been playing good golf lately. Uh, So I'll take a dart on him. It's kind of like where if I make 20 teams again, you know, some of my lineups might have just one guy in this range. Some might have none, but some might also have two. So I just got to have a few guys that, you know, take your shots on. Those two are two guys I like the most in this range. Uh, I do got to mention, though, Hudson Swafford. I know he let you down on the weekend, but his, he must like the West Coast swing because in this tournament the last two years, T29 and T65, I mean, you know, it's not great, but for being in the 6K range, you know, I, I got to go to Hudson Swafford. And he won it uh, the year before that. He That was his only PGA Tour win was first place at 2017 at the start. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, just to even do the argument even more, 6,700, you know, I like, kind of like Swafford. You know, I think he'll be kind of popular in this range, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I like him. Uh, James Hahn, you know, another guy, which I know his form hasn't, you know, he can sometimes play well, hasn't been great at all. But if you want to take a really dark throw at 6,200, James Hahn, good history here. Two of the last three years, T36, T57. So he's making the cut here. But I do got to say the field this year is is tougher than the last few years, it looks like, as far as overall talent. Because a lot of newcomers coming in here that haven't participated before, like Fowler and Finau, so and some other guys. So, um other guys I like in this range, uh, Bronson. I like Bronson Bergen and uh, and Scott Stallings a little bit. Sixty six hundred for Stallings and sixty eight hundred for Bergen. Same kind of thing, you know. I make twenty teams, you know. A lot of one line. A lot of my lineups are just gonna have one guy through. So all these players that I'm mentioning are probably gonna all make maybe one or two teams at the most. But, yeah, you know, you got to take chance on these guys. T42 last year for Bronson. So, you know, I like him quite a bit as far as this range is concerned. You know, because, honestly, the guys you're picking this range, you're hoping, like, Brendan Steele last week, he was in the six days, and he obviously ended up second. But, you know, you're hoping if you pick one of these guys, they're all going to be low-owned for the most part because I think people are going to kind of do more balanced lineups even though – I'm looking at studs and duds a little bit more. But, uh, you know, if, if they, you know, end up in the top 10 or something by the end of the week, like, you know, that's how you're going to win the money. You got to get that right because one of these guys is going to be right up there, I'm sure. Because um, it's that type of tournament again where you're not going to see all the best, you know, all the best names up there that you expect necessarily. So anyone can win here, even though I like bombers, you know, I just anyone can definitely win here. And then to move on, a few other plays. Can't ignore DJ uh Trahan's play lately. Twenty-eighth at the Sony Open. And then before that he was playing pretty solid golf in the fall. You know, I kinda like him. He'll probably make a lineup or two, checks the boxes. Um and then Rob Oppenheimer. I like him a little bit as well. To mention another guy, he'll probably make a team. He's only 6,400. And same thing where he's in the Sony Open last week, T21st. So same thing where 
Gotta like him a little bit in this range. Then to close it out, one other guy um, is Maverick McNeely. He might make a team for me. He's only 6,200 as well, but same thing. We're in good form. So, honestly, in this range, the best thing you got to look at is probably the guys that are in good form because the guys that aren't, you know, they're going to finish very likely towards the bottom. So, but, you know, some of these guys I mentioned, like Stallings and Tran, they've missed the cut here a few years in a row. But, you know, if you want to take a chance where they're going to be, you know, one or 2% on, like, uh, they must like it here because they keep coming here to play. So obviously they just can't quite put it together. But anyway, that's that's all I got for the 6K range. So Nick, who do you like in this range this week? Um, I'm liking at 6,900 Wyndham Clark. I know his form hasn't been great, but just from my personal experience, I know he can rip him off the tee and he can definitely reach all these greens in two. So he'll have his fair share of looks at birdie and, with guys at this level, that's all you can ask for. Um, I forgot to mention earlier about the course breakdown is that there's a lot of water at this course, supposedly. So you definitely could lose a few shots to penalties if you're hitting them in the water. So who knows? Maybe driving accuracy is important, although I'm not going to factor it in. But who knows? Maybe if someone wants to be a contrarian, that could definitely be a strategy. But moving on, I like Jonathan Vegas just because I feel like that guy is at least one or two, maybe even three times a season. He's the first round leader. So Jonathan Vegas, I know he can go low and he's made the cut here all the last three years. So he must like um, the courses in this rotation. And another guy who I feel like he hits it in the water a whole lot when I'm watching him on the shot tracker. So it has me a little nervous, but he checks the boxes is uh, Nick Watton. He's a bomber. He's he's also sneaky long off the tee where he's, you know, he's not the biggest guy out there by any means. But I looked at some stats and he's actually number 16 on tour in birdie or better percentage at just a hair under 26%. And then also for par five, 30 or better percentage, he's about 55%. So, you know, over half the time, he's birdieing the par fives. So how can you not like that? And then strokes gained T to green, he's ranked number 60th on tour, which if you think about it, that's actually pretty good for a guy who's this cheap because, you know, taking into consideration, you know, maybe a guy like, oh, let's say, hmm. Matt Wolf, you know, he might be ranked 50th in the world, so he's only just a tad bit below where Matt Wolf should be. Um, yeah, so I like Nick Watney. Definitely put him in a few of your lineups if you're playing a bunch. Hudson Swafford, yeah, I'm going to get off of this train while I can. I think it's due for a big crash. I don't like him at all. Um, he just showed all kinds of dysfunction days but the second two days I mean he couldn't hit the fairway he couldn't hit the green he couldn't make a putt but yeah I definitely am not going to be playing Hudson Swafford um and then another anecdote just from my personal experience again is 6600 big bow hustler the Texan I mean you know he's a long ball hitter and I'll take my chances that he's going to make a few birdies so yeah definitely play bow and then kind of rounding things out is I feel like it's a, definitely a risky play. But, hey, I mean, these guys are so cheap. No shit, it's going to be risky. And I feel like DraftKings should have marked up this guy's price a little bit after his tied for seventh finish last week. And that's uh, Ted Potter Jr. You know, congratulations, Ted. Nobody thought you'd do it. You were min-priced last week. And came through so I'll, I'll give you a couple cracks at it Ted I know he's a big guy he probably hit the ball a long ways but yeah as for fates uh it's definitely gonna be everybody that I didn't say so there you have it yep thank you. all right I agree with that so uh yeah before we close out here just want to say even if you're not making any bets uh you know if you were uh 
favorite outright uh, plays this week, which I'll start off real quick. Uh, I like Harold Varner at 80 to 1. I found him. Tony Finau at 22 to 1. Scott Piercy at 75 to 1. Russell Knox at 55 to 1. Alex Norm 50 to 1. And Cameron Champ at 33 to 1. So those are the plays that if I'm going to bet on, which I'll probably do a few of them on for as far as outright winner this week. But then as far as first-round leaders, unfortunately, those aren't up yet. But basically, I'm going to bet on a few guys that I like the value and also that I know can, like I've mentioned, that can score low on the opening round and has done it in the past. So when those come available, I'll uh, probably put a few guys and hopefully hit again like I did on Morikawa. But uh, anyway, Nick, you got any outright plays you like at all? Or um, Yeah, I like Vant Wolf at 30-1. to 1. I like... Tony Fino, 22 to 1. Just scrolling through my bookie right now. Um, let's see. I like Daniel Berger, 60 to 1. I feel like that's a fair price for him. I like Siwoo Kim, 125 to 1. And I like Bo Hostler, 140 to 1. So, yep, that's what I got. All right. Well, guys, that does it for the No BS DFS podcast. We'll be back next week with a special new guest for the Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines, so, which that's a long course compared to the last few weeks we've seen, so it'll be interesting. Um, so yeah, that's it. Uh, Nick, you have any closing thoughts at all before we end it here? Um, I just want to say... Just once again, congratulations to Cam Smith and to all the listeners. Thanks for listening. Drop us a like, a subscribe, and leave a comment what you liked about the show. And then, yeah, definitely stay tuned for next week because we have a guy who's got a lot of golf knowledge on his hands, and he's definitely going to provide you with all the tools to win you a lot of money next week. So you're definitely going to want to be stay tuned and listen to that show. But, yep, that all right yeah i totally agree with you yeah make sure you guys tune in next week subscribe and really help us out so we can keep podcasting so yeah we'll see you next time next week uh it won't be obviously recording tuesday afternoon this time but next week it will be monday evening so expect our podcast to come out then so yeah make sure you tune in next week thanks for all you guys do for us so that's it See you next time on the No BS DFS Podcast. To the club, like, what up? I got a big pack. I'm just pumped. I bought some shit from a thrift Whoa. shop. Ice on the fringe is so damn frosty. The people like, damn, that's a cold ass honky. Rolling in hella deep, headed to the mezzanine. Dressed in all pink, set my gator shoes. Those are green, draped in a leopard mink. Girl standing next to me. Probably should have washed this. Smells like R. Kelly sheets. Bits.